Sacred Space. So welcome back again to the second part of Sacred Space. My name is John Keeley, still joined in the studio here by Lorraine Buckley. And, and Shane, of course, is still joining us on the other end of the skyline. Now, Shane, this time of the year is also a time of the year when we review and take a look back at 2018 as to what happened within the faith community around the world and a little bit of a touching base with what we've done on Sacred Space here. So maybe you might kick us off, Shane, with... Sure, no problem. Um, now, this is, as you said, John, the annual review of the year. So we, 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 we go back and we look at it from an ecclesial point of view. Um, people will get the political and the sporting all around New Year's Day. And on Sacred Space, we try to do it from a from faith community perspective. Now, I have to say, um, it's challenging doing this year's one because I think it would be fair to say that for many um, 2008 was pretty much like Queen Elizabeth's 1992 when it became an annus horribilis because um, there's very little kind of cheery news throughout. <laughs> but we'll go month by month mm-hmm. and we'll see the types of things that came up and we'll take it from there. So starting off last January, on the, uh, on the papal scene, Pope Francis had his trip to Chile, various locations and various places. But generally... Uh, it's remembered for two things. First of all, was that wedding that was conducted on the plane as he was going going or coming from Chile, I can't remember which, which, of course, started off the whole debate about where you can conduct weddings and was proper preparation done and all the rest of it. Then at the same time, of course, the Chile visit, I think, will, was an underlying theme throughout all of 2018 because, of course, it led to the explosion of the sexual abuse crisis in the Chilean church and the rather inappropriate comments that Pope Francis made in support of a bishop who has subsequently had to be defrocked and expelled from the ministry. Um, so it wasn't a great start to the year, and it kind of went downhill from there in terms of that particular part of the world as the, the, the entire uh, number, entire all the bishops of Chile submitted their resignations to the Pope during the year. From an Irish perspective, we did have some good news. Peter Payton, the rosary priest, uh, moved, his cause progressed towards, the, uh, that is, his cause towards sainthood. So now he is Venerable Father Peter Payton. And of course, uh, the cause progresses. And of course, they're now looking to explore his ministry, uh, his intercession, and obviously, of course, those uh, key miracles to progress his cause for beatification. John, what did we do on the program? And, uh, well, just going back to that one again, uh, Father Peter, Father Peter Payton. I, I mean, I know his. Um, I think his place is up in Atimas. I think it is up in Mayo. And I think uh, I might try and touch base with them later on during the year again. There'd be no bad idea, maybe, to get a little bit more information around Father Father Payton, the Rosary Priest. An awful lot of people, I'd say, uh, especially of the younger generation, who mightn't be aware of who Father Payton is. But anyway, moving on. Actually, on the 14th of Jan last year, we had our good friend back uh, again to join us, uh, Michael Keaton, who gave us another reflection on St. Ita. Now, Michael's been on with us a number of years, and every time we come on, in all fairness to Michael, he tries to bring us something new. So this year, unfortunately, Michael won't be able to join us, but uh, Michael again, as I said, stepped into the breach. In February, uh, just before you come into your own February, the 4th of February last year, um, actually, I played a recording that I'd actually made myself. And this is when myself and Anne paid a visit to the Anglican Marian Shrine in Walsingham. 
Very interesting. Large Ryan, we spoke with a, a canon Stephen Gallagher there, who, who, who told us all about uh, how they conduct their own pilgrimages. They, you know, they they have. In fact, one of the things that really struck me when I came into that particular pilgrimage site, the first thing that I I noticed was um, people saying the rosary. Not a thing that one that I certainly expected to see, but a nice little idea there of people. Um, people praying the rosary, but they were pr- praying for people's intentions. So it's the first time I've actually seen this happen, where people leave intentions in a little box somewhere. And at six o'clock every evening, then that box is opened. And as they're praying the rosary, they remember the little uh, the, the petitions that people are praying for. I thought it was a wonderful idea of, 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 of community prayer. That happened on the 4th of February. And then uh, a good friend, actually, who will be on again shortly, Join us again, Father Luke McNamara uh, and Father Luke, of course, joined us to tell us all about what's happening in Glenstall for Lent. Entitled, there was a series of four talks, I think it is, entitled Lent for the Abbey. You might remember that yourself, Shane. Yeah, Father Luke, and uh, we'll be coming on again, of course, uh, later in the year to tell us about, because they will have Lent at the Abbey again this year in the talks that they're going to um, have on us. <coughs> now, in terms of the, the, the year in review for February... In the month of February, uh, we have the resignation in Ireland of Bishop McCreevy uh, up of Dromore, John McCreevy, uh, in relation to the historic uh, handling of a sex abuse case. Then, in, in from a papal perspective, Pope Francis had to bow to local pressure and accept the resignation of a bishop in Nigeria. The bishop had been appointed by Pope Benedict XVI, and Pope Benedict had appointed the man he thought was best for the job, but the local church had refused to accept him because he wasn't of the local tribe. And uh, there was a bit of a standoff, and then people might remember in 2000, I think it was in 2017, Pope Francis issued an ultimatum to the priests of the diocese, that they would obey or there would be consequences. However, in February, he had to basically accept the reality and that bishop resigned from the diocese. And I think actually they're still vacant. They're still trying to find a man to replace him. Then in March, we had the good news, if you like. Well, not so much the good news, but we had the news of the recognition of the martyrdom of the 19 martyrs of Algeria, which includes, of course, Bishop uh, Clavier, and, of course, the monks of Tiburin. Uh, at the same time, we also had the appointment of the new Bishop of Ossory, which is, I think, is in Kilkenny direction, isn't it, Lorraine? Not too sure. Not too sure. I think it's Kilkenny's side. But we also had an interesting survey in March, which showed that 20 young, 24% of young people in Ireland still regularly attend Mass, which is one of the highest numbers in Europe, which I thought was actually a piece of good news and something that should be um, encouraged. And, you know, maybe, you know, not all, you know, it's kind of case, well, do you know what? They're there. They're not all exactly. off, you know, exactly. doing whatever it is that they're doing. So that's what we had in terms of February and March, John. Okay, in March uh, this year in Sacred Space, the 4th of March, we actually spoke with Colm Hogan, who's the, the trucker representative. People might remember uh, there was, a, there was a, a landslide back there in 2017 in Sierra Leone. A lot of people also recovering from the Ebola outbreak. And so Colin reminded us of the work that Troker are doing out there on our behalf, really, um, just trying to help those people who don't have the same as what we have. So that, that was nice to hear that. And the 18th of March, actually, Shane, um, you introduced us to uh, Dean Niall Sloan. 
If you remember, uh, they, they were celebrating uh, last year, 800 years of St Mary's Cathedral and Church of Ireland in Limerick. And Dean, Dean Niall came on and t- just told us a little bit about the history of St Mary's Cathedral and the sort of celebrations that they were having in, in uh, 2018. And I believe that they turned out pretty well. Um, I know there was... Um, there was a few choral concerts organised. I'm not too sure. Did you get any? Did you get there yourself, Shane, to any of those? No, unfortunately, I didn't get to anything. I had hoped to get down, but unfortunately, I didn't quite get uh, as far as it. I'm afraid. Okay. Now, on the 24th of March, then last year, one of my favourite little programmes, actually. Um, it, it was I, I was joined by Jolene Creighton and a guy called Jared Hanley, who are members of the Emmanuel community, and Jared, Jared Hanley. He's he's an Irish rail driver. He's a train driver. And Jed shared his journey with us, and he shared a lovely little poem that I'd like again to remind listeners again. I, I, I thought it was beautiful. It's entitled A Little Pencil. I am a little pencil in the service of the Lord, a simple little pencil set free to serve my Lord, a simple little pencil from the splinter of wood put on this earth with a mission to do good. I'm not an expensive pen, covered in gold and jewels, nor an elegant feather quill. No, I'm just a simple pencil. Sometimes I'm broken in bits on the floor, in need of a saviour, a repairman for sure. Then I hear a friendly voice whispered from within, I restore you anew, for I'm your saviour, I love you. That was written by Jared Hanley, and Jared really um, has been living his faith over the last number of years, and I just couldn't help but remember uh, when you were speaking there, Shane, about what happened early on in March, where 24% of the people regularly attend Mass. Well, there's train drivers who are, who are, who are living out their Catholic faith in daily life. Um, that happened in March, and in in April, Shane, just before you get in, in I, I might just... Uh, have you mentioned... March yet, Shane, you have? Yeah, March we've done. Okay, and, and April. In mm-hmm. April, um, I decided to have a contact with the large community in Callan in County Kilkenny. A wonderful group of people. Um, actually, the, 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 it's about 149 communities worldwide. Uh, Lash was founded in 1964 when John Vanier welcomed two men with disabilities into his home in a town in France. Venier became aware of the plight of thousands of people institutionalised with development disabilities. Venier felt led by God to invite the two men, Raphael Simi and Philippe Sioux, to leave the institutions where they resided and to share their lives with him in a household in France. He named the house Lache, which means in French, the Ark, as in Noah's Ark. So again, Shane, I, I thought that, that was a wonderful opportunity for us to contact the people in Kilkenny, uh, mm-hmm. uh, where the first Irish community was founded in 1978. So that was on the, that was in in April, Shane, when we when we done that program. Okay, yourself. Yeah, now, and now, in terms of things happening around the world, I suppose in the month of April, uh, the main thing actually was the publication of Gaudate et, et, et Exultate which was um, a papal uh, exhortation, apostolic exhortation by Pope Francis, which was dated March 19th and was published on the 9th of April. And it's subtitled On the Call to Holiness in Today's World. And it directs the universal call to holiness with a focus to repropose the call to holiness in a practical way for our own time. Um, the document of only five chapters is quite short, 44 pages. 
Uh, it discussed the call of holiness, to the heresies of Gnosticism and plen- plague angelism, described also the false forms of holiness and looked at the Beatitudes. So that was published on the 9th of April. Uh, so that was one of the main things that happened in terms of uh, of April. And the headline, the interesting headline that the Irish Catholic took reporting it was, Pope Francis says, don't allow the church to become a museum, which was, I thought, an interesting one. Of course, uh, the thing, of course, the main thing that was happening in Ireland, of course, as we headed in for our March, February, March, April last year, of course, was the build up to the uh, referendum in May to repeal the Eighth Amendment to the Irish Constitution. So that, of course, unfortunately, was the main event in May is the main thing that's on the calendar. And where the there was a, two, a two-thirds, one-third majority to repeal the Eighth Amendment and allow for the introduction by legislation of abortion uh, in Ireland pretty much on demand. And it was an interesting one that uh, one of the most um, ad- great public advocates in the UK uh, uh, for abortions turned around and said that uh, it, Ireland's uh, abortion regime is now more liberal than that of the UK and what a victory it was is how she described it and I said to myself well aren't we a great little nation <laughs> so then on June I'm afraid it took um, well we had a couple of things in June after June of course the build up started of course to the World Meeting of Families in August and the papal visit so June there was the official confirmation that the Pope was definitely not going north to Armagh which created a lot of upset, justifiable upset, I thought, um, for the people in Northern Ireland, the Catholics in Northern Ireland, that he wasn't going north. And I think it was a lost opportunity myself. Um, but also announced the, his visit to the uh, Capuchin Day Centre and to Brother Kevin uh, and the work and the team there uh, that would be part of the papal visit. Um, as well as that, then, in terms of papal events, on the 20th of June, the Pope made a visit to Geneva, to visit the world uh, Christian community and WCCM, which is an ecumenical movement of different churches. Now, the Catholic Church is not a member of it, but it maintains a relationship with it. And so it was, uh, I think it was their 50th anniversary, or their 70th anniversary, I think, and he went to just give greetings and facilitations and all the rest of it. Uh, unfortunately, June, of course, then, was also the start of what, what is now known as the McCarrick Affair. So, unfortunately, Theodore McCarrick was uh, previously the Cardinal Archbishop of Washington and a number of other uh, dioceses in the United States of America. And the story broke of his um, liaisons with men uh, over the age of 18, uh, which ended up in during the year with he being stripped of his, well, he resigned from the cardinature and he is, um, he's now just a bishop. And his case is under investigation at the Vatican and as well as by the civil authorities in the United States. Now, the difficulty with the McCarrick affair is that it is going to roll into 2019. It has created a huge amount of reaction in the United States of America, because what it has done is it has brought to a head the issue of accountability for those in high offices within the church who have covered up the issue of abuse or uh, sexual misdemeanors, because um, it's not 100% clear with McCarrick um, whether or not there was an issue of paedophilia involved, 
but there was definitely a case of a man, of uh, homosexual relations with other people, other men. Um, that issue is being investigated, but the problem is, of course, it has absolutely ruptured uh, trust, remaining trust that was left in the ch- institutional church among Catholics in the United States of America. Now, why this is serious and why it's in a serious a serious event is it was a coming on top of the whole issue in Chile. There was also uh, cases coming to light in Germany, cases coming to light in Poland, and um, the response coming from the Vatican has not been what has would be had been expected under Pope Francis, and uh, it has led to the calling of this. A meeting of the presidents of the Episcopal Conferences, which is to be held in February in Rome, uh, to deal with this particular issue. Um, how it's dealt with and the effectiveness of things that they come out with is going to pretty much define the papacy of Francis, uh, I, I, um, as much as it did that of his two predecessors. Um, the issue very much runs around the issue of accountability, and um, particularly where, as we you know, as we've learned in Ireland. Uh, where maybe bishops have not done anything themselves, but they have been held accountable for the men under their authority and the way that they have been moved from parishes to parishes. So that, unfortunately, was June. The McCarrick Affair started off, and it had continued all the way through the remainder of 2018. And as I said, even now it's continuing into 2019. I saw in today's New York Times there is a report that the Vatican is trying to speed up the case of McCarrick as quick as possible so that it is closed before the meeting in February uh, comes up and that it is out of the way. So that was uh, May and June, John. What did we have in terms of the programme? Okay, in May, actually, uh, Mary Keaton joined us to share her thoughts and reflections on Mary as mother, prompted by the new feast day put into the liturgical calendar by Pope Francis on the Monday after Pentecost Sunday, mm-hmm. which is titled The Blessed Virgin Mary, Mother of the Church. The Blessed Virgin Mary is so much the image of mother from the moment of her yes to the angel, taking the risk of an unplanned pregnancy up to a mother's role to the handing on to the handing on of faith to children up to the time of our death, when she's praying and accompanying us in that final journey. So that's what, that, we had that program um, in May, actually the 6th of May, and then um, the 3rd of June, we had Father Pat Seaver on from Limic Diocese. Father Pat reflected with us on his comic book, really for children, explaining to children why go to Mass. And that was followed uh, the 17th of June. We, had, we, we touched base with Knox Ryan, and again to give us a review of what the summer program uh, entailed. And in July, we actually touched base with Father Eamon Conway, who gave us, um, gave us really a, an, an oversight into the relevance of Lockdog in today's world. And we finished off with July, right at the end of July, with Father Amos Fitzgibbon uh, chatting to us about the future of Irish parish, uh, the future of the Irish Parish Conference, which was held at the Irish Institute for Pastoral Studies. So that's what happened in June, May, June, July, actually, Shane, in the program. Mm-hmm. Okay. So then, in terms of ongoing events in the global uh, sphere. Uh, on in July, we had the announcement of the closure of St. Malachy's Diocesan Seminary in Belfast. St. Malachy's was the last diocesan seminary in the country. So Diocesan Seminary was like people might remember St. Patrick's in Perlis, I think would have been the closest one to us here in Limerick, 
where, uh, as well as Maynooth, uh, men went for, for training. You had Clonliffe in Dublin was the other one, was another one. You had a, there, there was a couple of them, I think they were St. Brendan's, um, I think it might have been in Kerry, I'm not sure about that one. But anyway, so St. Malachy's was the last one. Um, it, they had tried to maintain it. Uh, it was where the students for some of the northern dioceses had done their philosophy studies. However, it closed or its announcement for closure was made in July 2018. As the preparations, the final preparations were being made, of course, in July for the Pope's visit and the World Meeting of Families, the whole issue of the tickets for the World Meeting of Family kicked off. And people might remember that you couldn't get anywhere without a ticket. Uh, in terms of well, you had to you had to buy the tickets for the Congress in the RDS. Uh, the the tickets for Croke Park were pre-allocated, and then if you wanted to attend Croke, uh, the Phoenix Park, or Knock, you had to apply for tickets. And then there was the whole issue about how many tickets were going to be going on sale. There was half a million, and then there was the issue of there was a a, a crew called Say No to the Pope. Uh, who were trying to get to take out tickets out of circulation as well. So all that was brewing and going on in July at the same time. Then in August, of course, the big thing in August, of course, the 19th to the 25th, was the World Meeting of Families held in Dublin. And I think it's 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 a wait and see, did anything major come out of it? Uh, will come out of it, I suppose, from the point of view of, of the of the of the Irish Church. Uh, unfortunately, I suppose, from a media point of view, um, it was overshadowed by the release of the letter from the Pope, former papal envoy accusing Pope Francis covering up sexual misconduct allegations against Theodore McCarrick. Um, it was also, I suppose, the, the, the World Meeting of Families, uh, the turnout was strong. And it has to be said, the general mood among participants was generally upbeat for anyone that actually attended the event itself. I think, in other words, we'll have to wait and see what its kind of results will be. I think I don't think anyone would disagree. The event in Croke Park, which was broadcast, was absolutely beautiful, um, and also the Pope's um, the the papal mass. Whatever the issue about the numbers of who did or who didn't attend, it's not really the issue. Um, the, the the Pope Francis's mea culpa and apology during the penitential rite, I think, will be um, important. <laughs> Excuse me, I beg your pardon. Lorraine, what did you think of the World Meeting of Families? I actually thought it was wonderful. And as one of the uh, attendants at the Papal Mass, I have to say that the figures were drastically underreported on the day because if you were part of the slew walking out from the Mass, you were under no um, illusions about the numbers of people who actually attended. And I think we can get caught up in numbers a little bit, but the faith and the devotion of the people who were there, I saw people there who were were easily in their 80s, if not a little bit older, right down to babies being carried in their mother's arms. And that to me is church. It's, it's the the vastness of us all being there. And, and bearing in mind, it was the world meeting of families that we were there as a family. I know some of my friends, unfortunately, I couldn't attend the whole thing myself, but some of my uh, younger friends who did attend were very taken by the catechesis that in other words, the little inputs of faith uh, by the speakers, by the music of the event for the whole week and came out of it very much uplifted. Very good. Now, in terms of um, August as well, of course, we also had the the issue of what was called the Vigano accusations, which was um, these were a letter that was published 
by Carlo Mario Vigano, the former papal ambassador to Washington, accusing Pope Francis of covering up about McCarrick and also naming 32 other senior churchmen in relation to the whole uh, escapade. That's something else which is still rumbling on and into 2019, and we haven't heard the last of it either. John, in terms of the program... In terms of the programme, really, I mean, for the rest of the year now, we just finished off with Sister Louise O'Rourke spoke to us on Oscar Romero. Uh, Martina Lehan Sheehan, there in November, spoke to us. Give us a little reflection on Black Friday versus Bright Friday. And then, of course, when we come into December, then we had uh, Bishop Donald McKeown spoke to us on the, on the Synod of the Bishops from the Youth. Father Frank Duick joined us on Exploring Lecture Divina. And Bishop Brendan Leahy uh, spoke to yourself um, and that was again on the 16th of December. So that really wrapped up really 2018, Shane. And if if we can be as busy in 2019 as we were in 2018. Well, OK, let me, well, let me finish off first, boss. So in terms of September, uh, the main thing was we had five seminarians entering into Maynooth. October was a busy month because we had the Synod of Bishops in Rome on youth and discernment and vocations. And, of course, in the midst of that month, we also had, of course, the canonization of Oscar Romero and Pope Paul VI. For in November, the key thing, of course, was at November and December, one of the key things, of course, was the introduction of the pastoral units in their McDiocese, which was the main kind of news thing for us at a local level here throughout 20, um, 2018. Now, crystal ball gazing for 2019. Just quickly, John, um, just what would be coming up in terms of the year ahead. And I'm afraid... For those of us clinging on to our relationship with the institutional church by our fingertips, it's going to be another pretty much roller coaster. And of course, the main event will be in February with that uh, meeting that I mentioned with the heads of Episcopal conferences. But it'll also it'll very much depend what happens after that because. It's going to be quite a challenging year. The Pope has a number of trips lined up. We have a World Youth Day in Panama at the end of January. There's a trip to United, United Arab Emirates, which will be the first trip by a Pope to that country. Um, there's also going to be a number of other trips, but I've mislaid my list here, but it doesn't really matter for the moment. And chances are, I'm going to go out on the limb here and say that we will probably have one, possibly one, um, paper funeral during 2019. Now, before people come up in arms at me, I'm not talking about Pope Francis. I am talking about, of course, Pope Emeritus Benedict XVI, whose health is failing, and the man is in his mid 90s. So, if that happens, we will see history being made because you will have the you will have a funeral where a pope is burying his successor. Not something that happens on a regular event. So, John, there you go. Year in the review, 2019. Thank you very much, Neil, for that, Shane. Now, at this stage, uh, we're going to go for our second piece of music. And this one, I thought, we'll play one from the from the Limit Gospel Choir. And this is thanking God for all that happened in 2018. And this one is entitled, Thank You, Lord.
Sacred Space.